0: Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Himself Took Our Infirmities. It shall be focused on the study of Matthew chapter 7 and 8. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You took on our infirmities and our weaknesses. We thank Thee, Father, that we are the manifestation of Your Word, for we said, now we are the sons of God. We thank Thee for Thy love. We pray, Father, may the word that we've heard today percolate to the depths of our souls and change our nature after Your own. We pray, Father, may we be found, Lord, you, You told us that our Heavenly Father, will give us what we ask. And he said, Father, if we would give our children some good gifts, as evil as we are, we don't give them, we said, you wouldn't give us a stone when we ask for bread, neither would we do we do the same. That We don't give our children a snake when they ask for a fish, but we thank thee, Father, that thou give us all who ask for what they desire. And so we pray, may that be our testimony yet today. And may we approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing, Father, that you already know our needs before we even ask of it. Help us, Father, to have that faith, which you taught us that faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Matthew chapter 7 and 8.
1: Chapter 7 Judge not, First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, Do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall
2: of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Chapter 8 When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper, and worshipped him, saying,
0: Lord, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean.
2: And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him,
1: See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them.
2: And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, There came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have
1: not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
2: And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities, and bare our sicknesses. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him,
1: Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou
2: goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes. And the
1: birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his
2: disciples said unto him,
1: Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father.
2: But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying,
3: Lord, save us! We perish!
2: And he saith unto them,
1: Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith?
2: Then he arose, and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying,
1: What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him?
2: And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying,
1: What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come here to torment us before the time?
2: And there was a good way off from them, and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying,
1: If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine.
2: And he said unto them, Go! And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts.
0: Up next... We shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Be Not Afraid, It Is I. This was preached in 1961 on April the 14th. We'll begin at paragraph four up to paragraph 22. I trust you find it to be a blessing.
3: Now let it be known to everyone that I do not believe That there is such a thing as a man being a divine healer. Whether he's a doctor or whether he's a psychiatrist, whatever he is, there's no divine healers. There's only one healer, and that's God. We have doctors and medical institutions and scientists, research and medicine, which we are grateful and As Christian people, we should not let a day pass without praying for the help of those men who are trying to, in research, to find something to help relieve the suffering. I think it's a real thing, a real Christian act for men and women to pray for men to find something another to help us, because what if it was you sick? You'd want anything that could help you. Well, then, when a person gets to a place that they have that the doctor can do no more for you, then I think we have a right to call on God, we who believe God. Now, it's undisputed in the Scriptures about Jesus Christ and the early apostles. They did, by faith, heal the sick. Jesus claimed that he never healed the sick. He said, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. He does the healing. And I only do as he shows me by a vision. Now, any Bible student knows that's true. St. John 5.19, Jesus never performed one miracle in his life without first God the Father showing him a vision to do it, or he told something wrong in the Bible. Or he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Now, divine healing is not based upon some emotion. It's not based upon some uh, laying on of hands or some strange feeling or sensation. It's based upon a faith in a work that was done for you by Jesus Christ at Calvary. It's a finished product. And every person here tonight that's sick and afflicted, as far as God is concerned, you are already healed. And every sinner here is already saved, for it was finished at Calvary. And now to the Deans and teachers of the schools, if the old covenant, the old atonement, included healing, and this is a better atonement than the old one was, how much more has this got healing in it? The Bible said, in Isaiah, that he was wounded for our transgressions, and with his stripes we were healed. Now, Someone tried to speak and say that was fulfilled in Matthew 12 when he said he took upon him the infirmities of us and he healed them that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, he bore our infirmities. That was a year and six months before the atonement was ever made. Then if that be true, were many trying to argue against divine healing then the atonement had more power before it came in force than it did after it's come in force. So you and I can show anyone or any Bible reader where that Christ gave his church, whether it's called Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Pentecostal, whatever it is, he gave them power to heal the sick. Now, I'm asking for any man, any student, any Bible student or historian to produce to me one piece of Scripture where Jesus taken that power back from the church and told them they didn't have it anymore. He never took the power from the church. The church is afraid to exercise or to practice what Christ told them to do. Now to the critic, a few years ago you could make remarks, but now we have tens of thousands of documented statements about doctors, clinics, hospitals, everywhere across the world of absolutely outstanding miracles of blind, deaf, dumb, raised from the dead when the doctor pronounced them dead, documented statements. So there's, there, there, the unbeliever's mouth is hushed. You don't hear much more of it, do you? Nothing to be said. Now, that doesn't belong just to the Pentecostal people. That doesn't belong just to a certain group or a certain man or an evangelist come by like myself or Mr. Roberts or some other man. That's to every believer, not only to the pastor but to the laity. To any man or woman that's born to the Spirit of God that's got faith in healing has a right to pray for the sick just with the same results that any other man would have. It's not I am not a one of the believers in the Nickelodeon, taking all of the conquer the lady and put it all in the pastor. It's in the laity. The Holy Spirit just doesn't baptize the pastor, it baptizes the laity too. It's all in the laity. And pastor is just one of us. means a shepherd, pastor, which means a feeder of the flock. The Holy Spirit gives overseer to watch it and control it. Now, remember, if Jesus of Nazareth stood here on this platform tonight, wearing this suit that he gave me, and any of you precious people here would come to him and ask him to heal you, he could not do it. Now that seems strange, but he could not. Because he's already did it. You are redeemed. See? He would say, I if you believe it, it's already. Someone said I was healed, I was saved last week, Brother Branham. I beg your pardon. No, I was saved ten years ago. No, you were saved 1900 years ago. When Christ died, he settled the sin question. And how can you ever preach salvation for the soul without preaching divine healing? Because that sickness is an attribute of sin. Before we had sin, we had no sickness, and sickness came because of sin. Maybe that's something you done something that you inherited. Today in the private interviews, which there's the place where you should see the Holy Spirit, there's men and women sitting here tonight, that even the Holy Spirit goes plumb back today into three generations and brought down the people and told them their name and what they did and all about it and why this thing was on this person and took it off of them and healed them, standing right in the room them their grandmother, their grandfather, who they were, where they come from, what they did. The third generation, they couldn't think. But the next generation brought out, in the next generation, and then them, to them, of course, they knew. He, he knows all things. Now, that did not heal the person, but it raised them to a place that they had faith to be healed. That's the reason we do have act. acts. Why do we baptize? Water won't save you. But it's an obeying and an act. Taking the communion won't save you. But it's following the commandment. You're only beating on the altar won't heal you. Beating on the altar won't save you. You could beat on the altar until you just went out of breath and, and died there. You'd still be unsafe until you accept and believe that Jesus died and you're still and you accept him as your personal Savior every minister in here to lay hands on every sick person in here and pray for now until day after tomorrow night. There will never be one thing happen until you accept what Jesus did for you. So therefore, it doesn't lay in ministers, in one another, but it lays in our own individual faith in a finished work that Christ did for us at Calvary. Now, the first... Now, many people have called me a divine healer. And other men have it. Brethren, surely you know better than that. If you believe, if your pastor preaches salvation, and you get saved because salvation is in the Bible, and when you get saved under his preaching, does that make him a divine Savior? No more than make any other man a divine healer who preaches healing. Because we're only we are confessing what Jesus said. And Jesus is the high priest of our confession, sitting at the right hand of God to make intercessions upon our confession. Amen. I know that King James says profess and confess, it's the same word. But uh, confession, and he cannot do anything for you. Until first you believe it, accept it, and confess that it's right, then he's a high priest to make intercessions on what you confess that he has done for you. That's just as plain as I, I know the gospel. That's frankly, that's that's all. Uh, that's the only gospel that there is. Is that now everybody that understands that. And another thing I want to say before I ask, or say again. Now, first, faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Now that ought to be sufficient. It would be for me. It would be for you. If they don't believe your word, let them alone. But that isn't so with our Lord Jesus. No, it isn't so. He sends gifts in the church. There's no one can deny that gifts isn't in the church of the living God. First Corinthians 12 said there is nine spiritual gifts in everybody. And there's also uh, five spiritual offices in the church. First is apostles or missionaries—both of them means the word means one sent. apostles prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists—they are all God's ordained gifts to the church pastors, evangelists, prophets, and missionaries or apostles into the church. Those are sent there, and then nine spiritual gifts put in every local body. And why would some of you people, as great a church as the Presbyterian church, I have their folder, said, long has the Presbyterian church forgotten. The principles of the early church. We must get back into the Presbyterian Church. Speakers with tongues, interpreters of tongues, gifts of healing, and the signs of the early church must again accompany the church. Accompany the church, or we'll never go any farther. God bless the man who wrote that. Amen. We've got to go back to the original beginning. We just denominated it and made man-made dogmas. Until we got the poor people, till they don't know what to believe. It's a pitiful sign. Now, remember that what Christ was yesterday, He is today, and anyone knows that reads the Bible that His sign that He proved to the people that He was the Messiah. How many knows what His Messiah sign was? After this week's of teaching, raise your hand. How many here sure for your first time then? Oh, many. How he proved that he was a Messiah is because he was a prophet. For Moses said that he would be this prophet. Now, I'm going to speak and immediately, as quick as I can, we're coming in there to pray for the sick. Now remember, it's not just going to be my prayers, your prayers. And please, my prayers, that's come here sick and afflicted, very, very bad, studying, some of you in wheelchairs, some of you almost dying, I suppose, some sitting out there in the audience, not a chance to live outside of God. Just remember what I say here. I've got to meet you with that message at the day of the judgment and give an account for it. What good would it do me to be here away from my family and loved ones? What what would I be doing here? Uh, I don't take money. It's not popularity. It's uh, I don't I uh, shun that, you know it. So what? What's it for? It's because that it, God told me, sent me, and showed me in the Scripture and confirmed it by an angel of the Lord that I was born to pray for sick people. And because that I love God and love His children, that's why I'm here tonight. Exactly right. Now, at the judgment, we'll all meet that. There's probably 1,500 people in here tonight, I guess. Uh, that many? Uh, pardon? I'm, I'm a very poor counter. He <laughs> said this around 1,900. I, I, I'd i really make it... There's so many evangelistic counts that tries to make it... So much bigger than what a crowd is. I have preached before 500,000 at one time at Bombay, India, and in Durban, South Africa, it was disgusted whether it was 150, 200,000, 150, 200,000 people is nothing in them lands in Thailand and places like that where you really the people come out and you see them by the tens of thousands and thousands. That it doesn't mean the crowds don't mean anything. It's a faith that's in the individual that counts. Okay. Jesus could never help the audience of one of the uh, priests of the Caiaphas or some of those people. Neither could any of us in religious circles ever hold a meeting bigger than the Catholic Church. You know that. But it isn't in, we put too much stresses on how many people and try to boost up something. Don't boost up anything. Just, just be truthful about it. Tell the truth. Then you're always right. And when you're going to talk about healings, don't try to say, uh, I got something in my hand. Feel it. Well you might feel your hand. But healing's not in your hand, it's in Calvary. It's in your faith. Where it was finished at Calvary. And let the people that's and if you're a sinner, repent. Tell God that you're sorry, you're a sinner and you're sick. Maybe sometimes you have to lay on your back so it'll get you to look up. See? And then get right with God, and then everything will be all right. You're more apt to get healed if you'll do that. Now, I know it's hot, and I'm going to try to be just as brief as I can so we can pray for the sick. Now, all you people that understand that it is your faith in Jesus Christ that heals you, say Amen. Amen. Understood. Now, there's gifts in the Bible. And those gifts, what do they do? They only declare the presence of the one that made the gift. Now, if Jesus stood here tonight himself on the platform, and you knew that uh, he had come down from heaven, and you knew it was him, and he stood here, would it raise your faith? Sure it would. Well, he is here. You say, "How do I know he is?" Well, then, if he does the same thing here in us, now he don't have any hands. How many knows that? No, he, his hand, your hands is his hand. We, he is the vine. We are the branches. And the the vine doesn't bear the fruit. The branch does. But if the branch is energized with the life of the vine, it'll do the same thing that he did. Then you know it's him. He said, A little while, and the world sees me no more. Of course, the word there, cosmos, which means the world order. But ye shall see me, that's the believer, for I'll be with you, how long? To the end of the consummation, the end of the world. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And now to the maybe spectators, I don't Hope there's none of them here tonight. But if there is, don't be a, a spectator. Put your faith with these believers. Won't you do that tonight for the sake of these poor sick people? And remember, when Jesus came to his own country, listen what the Scripture says. We hate to read it like this, but it says so. Many mighty works he could not do. You couldn't hardly think of Christ not being able to do it, but he couldn't. He could not do it because of their I unbelief. What did he say to the boy with the epilepsy or to his father? I can, if ye believe, for all things are possible to them that believe. What a joy it would be tonight to see man after man from these wheelchairs, person after po- person, laying here dying on these cots. Rise in the splendor of hell and walk out. Huh? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Those out there, here sits a young lady, a beautiful young lady. I've watched her last night sitting here. Sitting bound in a wheelchair. Here sits a little lad laying here with his stomach all wrapped down and his little hands and perhaps maybe his mother a fanning him. And how that mother's heart would jump for joy. How that little lady would feel to know that something has struck her. It don't have to happen spontaneously. No, no, no. Only thing that has to happen is something happened in your heart that you believe it. And when you believe it, now there is such a thing as a mustard seed faith. You've heard Jesus speak of it. Now a mustard seed is the smallest of seeds which it was spoke of him. But why did he say that? You cannot hybrid. Hybrid mustard, it won't cross with nothing. It you can hybrid kale get raised, and get rest and so forth, but you but you can't hybrid mustard, it won't cross. No, sir. It's genuine mustard. And if you just if you've got great big faith, a miracle will happen. But if you've got just a little bit of faith and it's genuine mustard seed, watch it bring you right on to your ever keep and bring you right out. Okay? So now, I don't notice what happens to you now. But I want you to try to have miracle faith or faith to be healed. I'm going to have faith for you and do all that I can to help you to have faith, putting your faith out. I want us to bow our head just a moment and approach the author before we approach his word. Gracious Father, the hour has arrived that when we must bring this word to a showdown. We must bring God to a test, as it is written in the book of Malachi, saith the Lord, Prove me, saith God. What a challenge! Prove me! It is written that we should prove all things. And we read in the Bible, that it is written that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he promised the church that what he did, they would do after him. We are told by the prophets that there would be a day that would not be night nor day, could be called neither, a dismal day. But in the evening time, it should be light. Father, we know that civilization has traveled with the sun from the east coming westward, the early settlers and so forth. Now the east and west has met. The same sun that rises in the east sets in the west. We've had a day, Father, where we have done great things by your grace. We have led people to believe on you. Since that morning sun shone down upon the eastern people, and out of it came forth a Pentecostal-filled church with signs and wonders, with the Son of God living in them, on the eastern people. Now, them were the Jews and the Samaritans and the Greeks. But in the Gentile people is the western people. And you said, it shall be light in the evening time. We've had enough light in this dismal day to make great organizations and rise up great theologians, cause people to be born again of the Spirit of God. But you promised that that same sun would shine on the Western people, and it would come to pass in this day. That our Lord would make Himself known, Jesus promised it, just as He was then. And there would be a, a latter rain, and it would show forth and be like the former rain, and both former and latter rain would be together. We know we've had many bogus names and cults that's went out by under it, hundreds. but still the word of God remains true. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray that your infallible words, which cannot fail, may you show yourself alive tonight among us by doing and performing the things that you did when you were on earth because you promised it. And you said when you were on earth you did nothing except the Father showed you first. We pray that that will take place among us tonight and we will see the Lord God Jehovah, to which we are all worshippers of, may he come forth in his great power and will shine forth his glory in the ever gloomy heart, bring forth faith, life, we pray that every church that's represented here may go from here tonight with a fresh vision yes. and a revival spirit, break out into this country and in the schools, that there will be prayer day and night and hunger and thirsting. May the salt that seasons our life come tonight and make us all thirsty to be like Him. We commit the service unto Him now. The author who said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, may he come shining forth through his word. And then after the word, shine forth in the people. And we'll praise him for it with humble hearts, bowed heads. In Jesus' name, his son, we ask it. Amen.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy scripture, which You're teaching us, saying, Be not afraid, it is I. We thank Thee, Father, and all that, Lord, as we see how Your disciples were in the boat, and, Lord, they were scared, and, Lord, looking at how the tempest was blowing every which way, and they were thinking it was their day of destruction, but they came to Thee. They had... At least enough, Lord, faith to know that you would solve their problems. And so help us, Father, as the tempests of life and the winds blow every which way that we might come to Thee, And saying, Lord, we perish, save us. We thank thee, Father, to all that you're an ever-present help in times of trouble. Speak to us today out of thy word. And may the words that we've heard continue to work on our souls and mold us after your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
4: David, Messiah, she heard someone call him the human. Bye. Snake. Those things has given up your-